Hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. On the run with Beards and Dunn, the Thanksgiving edition, I guess. we. Hey, Beards. Dunn, gosh dang it. Uh, ha- yes, happy Thanksgiving to you, Karen, the kids, the grandkids, and uh, to everybody out there. And gosh darn it. You know, I, I hardly ever get sick. And yeah. I had a cold done that I, I, I'm still got a little bit of it, but I'm definitely on the good side of it now. Oh. But I mean, for like 10 days, I was down and out. I tell you, whenever I've gotten a cold, I think it's the worst cold ever because you're just, and every cold's pretty much probably the same, but no. Yeah, we. I know when the beard says, hey, I'm not, I can't do a recording. Oh. I don't feel good. I could hardly talk. I take that done. pretty seriously. I'd rather have the 24-hour flu where I'm puking my guts out and then I'm done with it than a, than a bad cold. Oh, I tell you, that, that cold, you know, typically, you know, five to seven days. And every now and then you get one that's like freaking 10 to 14 yes, days. that was me. Like, oh, it's just like you think you're never going to get over the darn thing. And I you, know. And you, and you go, if I ever feel good again, I'll never complain about nothing. <laughs> right. Yes. Because when you feel good, you take it for granted. You kind of do sometimes. Uh, which kind of leads us into our, you know, this, uh, you know, this Thanksgiving season, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm actually kind of dreading getting back talking about our running careers because mid 1983 things were not going that well for no, either one they, of us. They kind of so, started uh, going downhill for both of us. Oh, it did. And and before we get into that, when we will, we will. But but you know, it's kind of like a little chance to look back. I think Thanksgiving is a great holiday yes uh, oh, me I think too oh it, you know if you don't take time once in a while we should take time every day <laughs> to give thanks absolutely for, for everything but you know especially the holiday which you know we get off of work if you're still having to work and <laughs> that sort of thing and giving <laughs> thanks i think is fantastic and you know you and jill started a tradition there in bemidji how many years now just for people that don't know this you guys have a, a bed and breakfast right and and you're both involved in city functions you know, yes. the, the in our town yes and i think that's commendable because if more people would volunteer themselves to community everything would just be a better place but you guys started a tradition and, and you're going to tell me how many years ago will you invite first responders isn't it? yes all so the first responders it's about eight years ago we you know we decided you know we need to do something to get back to the community and our first responders you know a lot of the police officers the emt people the firemen you know when it comes to holiday a lot of them are on duty and they oh, don't they have, have a chance work. to be home with their you know yeah. their loved ones for for a good meal so we decided eight years ago that we're going to start serving the first responders on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. And we did that all on our own for about the th- first four or five years. And then our wonderful local grocery store, Lucan's, Joe Lucan started this grocery store way back when, and, and uh, he, he gave a lot back to the community. Well, they heard what we're, what we were doing and they contacted us and said, Hey, We'd like to help you out. So now they supply the turkeys, the ham, the pies. They give us a, a $500 gift certificate to, oh, wow. to buy all the other extras. And uh, so basically, you know, it's not costing Jill and I anything other than our time, which we absolutely love to, to be able to give wow, back. That is awesome. You know, because <laughs> how many people do you serve? How many people do you serve this year? Oh, my year, gosh. You know? Done. So on Thanksgiving, you know, just a couple days ago, we had over 20 first responders. We had EMTs, firemen and fire gals, uh, police officers, state troopers, deputy sheriffs. And, you know, I tell you what, 
these soul, we get, Jill and I get such a great joy out of serving them, and they so appreciate it, you know, because oh. like I said, they can't be back <laughs> home with their loved ones, and uh, they just, we just absolutely love it. It's a lot of work, but we love doing it. Wow, that is so awesome. You know, and I, I can't imagine how much food, when I think of policemen and firemen and, and sheriffs and EMT, those people can pack it away. Oh, done. <laughs> I, we had a 25-pound turkey. We had, <laughs> let's see, a 10-pound ham. I don't know, 10 pounds of potatoes. We had, uh, 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 oh gosh. How uh, many pies? Dressing, <laughs> yeah, we had, we had six pies and all, all kinds of whipped cream. And there was barely anything left for me to have leftovers. <laughs> but you know, the amount of time, you know, bless that grocery store. Cause up until then, yes. you guys are footing the bill. Right. And so that's, that is awesome that they stepped up and said, look, we, you know, we can afford it, and we'll we'll if you guys are willing to do the work. Now, Beards, how many days in advance? I mean, Jill. I mean, bless her heart. She's a heck of a cook, but she has right. to plan this out in stages. What gets prepared first? What can be stored? she does? Oh. But done. You know, the first few years we did it, we were it was like panic mode for like three days. But now we kind of <laughs> got it down, and so like the day before. I cut up all the potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the regular potatoes. I get the green bean casserole ready. I get the the uh, um, this corn pudding that we that people absolutely love. I get that all prepared. So when it comes down to Thanksgiving morning, I put the turkey in about seven a.m. It takes about four four and a half hours, and we let it sit for a half an hour. We carve it up, and when the when all the guys and gals come in, the first responders, man, it's hot and ready to go. And uh, like That's I said, awesome. we, we love doing it. I, I love that you, and you guys post that. You know, you don't blow your own horn. You put a picture on Facebook, and I'm sure, you know, and I just think it's great because I think when people see what you guys are doing, hopefully it inspires a few others. So. Oh, and done. Yeah. We're sure not blowing our own horn. What we're, why nah. we put those pictures up there is to you know, let – the You're first thinking, responders yeah. know how much we appreciate them yeah. and also for Lucans for donating all the food and everything. So no, That's we, uh, yeah. it's, cool. it's a tradition that uh, hopefully we'll be going for a long, long time. All right. Nice. I, I, I knew, I'm glad you, we had a chance to chat about that. Yeah. Awesome. But, and so we were kind of talking about what should we talk about this, this episode and, and it was kind of looking back and, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, uh, I had, a, we had a chance to visit with Rod DeHaven or I did. And, right. And, um, you know, talking about Rod going to SDSU and how exciting that was for all of us and how he made that decision and, and how now he's recruiting some really, really great athletes and, no and they've kidding. had some outstanding teams. And, you know, one of the things he, he mentioned to me was, you know, he thought about for himself going to a, you know, big division one school, you know, sure. got all the lights and buzzers and all that kind of stuff. And yet, you know, when you go to South Dakota state, there's, it's kind of a, it's the tradition in the, and I, I, I like to use the word family atmosphere, you know, totally. I felt that with my teammates, we were, we were brothers in arms. We all wanted to beat each other. We all wanted to make each other better, you know, in workouts yes. in races. We were very Done. competitive with each other, but Done. yeah, I, I was there for one, one fall season, <laughs> 1978. And you and I are best friends. We've been for 45 <laughs> plus, plus years year. yeah, yeah. and, and all the other guys on the team that year, 
I'm yeah. still great friends with them. And it was just, there was a community there amongst our team, but also in the town, they supported us so well. Exactly. They, the, the yeah. paper covered us so good. And it was just a, it's a, it's a great place to go to school and to be a, a cross country or track and field runner. Well, I think that's what Rod uses, you know, and I said, you know, that really meant a lot to him. And he, I said, well, you've got to be using that to your advantage to this day. Right. To talk to young athletes who, who maybe have the ability to go to the big, the U of M, the Nebraska's, the big sure. schools. And, and, um, but when they come to visit SDSU and the, and they get to meet some of the teammates and talk to the, some of the supporters and boosters and what have yes. you, it's the, um, and Rod mentioned the 10 hour road trips, you know, from Notre Dame <laughs> right. back to Brookings, you know, Indiana, you know, they used to take that. That was a heck of a, it's a big trip. We used to go out to get like, close. Oh, you know, when you ride in a, a, well, we had a station wagon. There were seven of us crammed into the <laughs> station wagon with a coach. And right. so there were eight of us in that station wagon. I mean, you, you either got to like each other or you'd hate each other's guts <laughs> or whatever. But like, exactly. we always got along and, and it's that the journey, you know, the journey you go on, you know, it's fun to talk about race results and PRs and the, the runners that you got to run it, you know, run against and, sure. and we got to meet and all this, but sometimes it's the, it's the, it's the journey. It's not yes. the destination. No. You know, and so we thought let's, let's do a little Thanksgiving reminiscing and uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get the real ball rolling with okay, high school. Sounds good. And uh, you know, in high school, I was trying to think of some, you know, fun stories, you know, humorous things, anecdotes. And a couple came to mind and, you know, I, the first thing I thought about was, you know, just people will hear some of these stories and go, there's no way that happened. But, you know, when I was a junior in high school, we went to a, a, a cross country meet in Hills, Minnesota, Hills, Beaver Creek. I think the yes, two schools consolidated. Minnesota. Yeah. And, and the Hills and Beaver Creek joined forces to make one high Little school. Little towns. Oh, tiny. And it was just over the border to Minnesota in and how uh, how we got invited? They have a quadrangular. They used to have like duels, triangulars, or three teams to get together. Sure. Quadrangular, four teams or four teams <laughs> instead of having like an invitational where they'd have eight, ten, twelve teams show right. up. Right. Sometimes the coaches would say, hey, "How about we have a race on this Thursday, and we'll invite yeah. you know Lennox to come over from South." Okay, so we went over there. <laughs> what made me laugh about this? Beards. I haven't heard mile, this one. Oh, it was a three mile race, and we ran around. Sewage stabilizing ponds. <laughs> now, now, for anybody who doesn't know what a sewage stabilizing pond is, it looks oh, like that a must nice. Have smelled good. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> it looked like a, it looks like a nice body of water, a man-made right. lake. In fact, there were two of them, and they were side by side, and there was a a, a road in between. So they kind of wind us like in a circle eight pattern and you might get a mile by the time you went around these ponds, and then they'd send you out for an and beards. My throat. I remember. I think it was the methane gases. Probably. You know, I lose my voice from talking loud and all that. I got done to that race. I couldn't even spit because I'm not sure what we were inhaling. But you think of this oh. now, and you go, "What were those coaches thinking of? They had you no guys running kidding. around sewage stabilizing ponds. Oh my god! It gosh. looked good, but boy, you didn't want to jump into that lake or drink no. the water. And so, you know, oh. as I was thinking of some kind of humorous stories, that one. That one coming to mind, you know, like Crowley and cross country with some coaches say, well, where are we going to run the race? At? Right. Well, geez, there's some nice open ground out there on the sewage stabilizing <laughs> ponds. No traffic. Nobody will get after us for killing the grass. No. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Anyway, I don't know if anything from your high school, you know, came to mind that uh, well, you might want to share with us. You know, I remember 
when I decided to go out for cross country, because, you know, I went out for football and lasted like 43 and a half minutes. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I think I may have mentioned this previously, but, you know, I got gang tackled. And I remember coming up with my helmet on crooked, my shoulder pads sticking out, my football pants down to my ankles. I'm thinking, you know, there's not a girl alive. That's the only reason I went out, tried to get a girlfriend, you know, earn a letter jacket. So I went out for cross country. And I showed up like the following Monday, and I had no idea, I, I, you know, that there were running shoes, all kinds of you know fancy gear, not like there is now, but you know better than just anyhow. So I showed up for my first day of practice. I had, I had a pair of like Jack Purcell bumper tennis shoes. Anybody that's sixty and over might know what they were, but they were, <laughs> they were just kind of a canvas shoe with a a blue stripe on the very toe of it. And uh, and then I had a pair of uh, socks that went up to about my knees, you know, knee-high socks. What, what color were they? <laughs> oh, I can't even remember. They're, they're, they're probably socks, bl- right? yeah, they probably <laughs> were dress socks. So then I I had a pair of gym shorts on. But I remember that morning before practice, I'm digging through my drawer looking for a pair, and I couldn't find any. So I go over to my dad's, my mom and dad's room, and I. I dig into my dad's dresser and I find a pair of like these white gym shorts. Well, my dad weighed about a hundred pounds more than I did. So I put these gosh dang white shorts on and they dropped right down to my ankle. So I, 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 I took a black dress belt and cinched it around, around the top of those shorts. I mean, they were so puffed out. I looked like Mary Poppins. You could have dropped me from a tall building. I would have floated all like I had a parachute on. The and then I had an up. old, right. <laughs> you know, an old T-shirt on, and and um, I was, I mean, everybody, including my coach, got a great laugh out of that. And I look back on that now, and you know, and I was the kind, even though I got laughed at, I was the one that was offended by that. I mean, I was laughing at myself because That's I did awesome. look pretty like, goofy. You know, so most high school kids were so, what's the word I'm looking at? Our, our self identity is so yes. wrapped up in what other people think of us for some right. stupid reason. And I think it's commendable. You weren't laughing, you weren't, you were laughing with them. Not, I know, was. Yeah. Cause it's like you had, and I think that that speaks a lot to your character because um, it's hard to laugh at yourself. You know, people I mean, will pick on us. Done. When I got out of my truck and walked over to the group of guys and they're all wearing, you know, running stuff and and I'm looking at myself and they start laughing at me and I'm looking at me how can I not laugh at me I look like a goofball they either had to just say we got to love this guy because he needs all the help he can get and I think that's pretty much what it was that's so awesome you know I love it well you know I'm trying to the only other high school story and I think I might have shared this one once I went to a a meet with a good friend of mine named Fran Hogestrat and Fran was a, a shot putter discus thrower and she and I were so into sports. She was yeah. committed. She trained year round. She was a state champion and, and, you know, went to South Dakota state and threw the weights oh, and all wow. that. She was, she was a great athlete. And so was her, her older brother was, had the school record for the shot put, man, threw it like 55 feet, you know, Dang. which was pretty good in high school. And Fran yeah. was, was a great athlete. And um, in fact, well, she got voted senior female athlete of the year, her senior year. She and I got to share that title. At Lennox. So, yes. And so that was, wow. she, she was a great friend. I really, really appreciated Fran. And and she and I in the summer would go to track meets together. And and Al Strapmeyer, my little brother, he sure. went, we, we decided to go up to Aberdeen to the state 
AAU track meet. They had those back in the day. And we also took along a, a hurdler named Mary Beekler. Mary was a great, her, her whole family were great athletes. Her older brother had all the school records. And the now, is she from Lennox also? Yes. Yep. So the okay. four of us jumped into and, Fran's car. And Lennox is just a little small oh, rural it town is. school. And Aberdeen is like a three-hour drive. It, t- it seemed like it took forever. But anyway, Fran said, I'll drive. And it was, oh, great. We all piled in, the four of us. And we headed up to Aberdeen and had a great track meet. And, and we are heading home that night late. It's dark out. And we're taking back roads because I don't even think the interstate was done yet between. Probably not. Until you got down to Brookings. Well, anyway, we're on these back road. And, and this god dang uh, 18-wheeler is you know, tail is, uh, is in front of us and, and yeah. it was a good drive and she couldn't pass it. And then that was fine. We we're just hanging out, you know, Al Strapmeyer and I in the back seat, and it's like 1030 at night. We're driving back home and, and we get to a stop sign and the 18 wheeler stops in front of us. And the guy, the driver gets out of the cab of this 18 wheeler and he's walking what? back towards Fran and us and he's got a tire iron in his fist. Jiminy and, Christmas. And, and Fran's like, hey, hey, you guys, he's he's oh the my guy's gosh. driving back here with the tire iron in his hand. <laughs> and we're like, I reach up there and I locked all the doors. And I'm thinking, God, we're gonna become <laughs> I like don't blame we're, gonna, you. we're gonna be victims of a mass murderer oh here or something. Gosh. And you know, Al and I are the men in the great we're in the back right. seat. And this guy, Mary and Fran are sitting in the front seat and this guy's walking back and you could see him in the headlights. He looked huge and he's got this tire iron in his hand and oh my Lord. And and so I locked the doors and he comes right up to the driver's window and he looks right at Fran and he goes, lady, if you don't dim them headlights, I'm going to knock them out. (laughs) And and unbeknownst to her, she had her bright lights on and for the trucker, oh no. And and those lights are reflecting right into his eyeballs. Oh, they are. Oh, that's and so it, give you a head, and he got he got to that stop sign. He he came back there, and she goes, "Okay, sorry," <laughs> like that. He, <laughs> and he just he turns and walks back to his cab. And oh. I tell you, my heart and all of our hearts were like pumping about 150 oh. beats a minute. I was so scared I couldn't spit. And, Done. And then, I bet you. I bet you. Go ahead. Oh, we well. <laughs> We all started, you know, after the, it was such a relief that we didn't get killed you know, or, right. or beat on. And, you know, I look back at this now, we weren't laughing at the time, but I think later we all started laughing about how oh scared we were. God. And, you know, well, and it's these little, it's these little episodes in your life that you'll never, you'll ever never forget. forget. Oh man. No. And now, and I'll tell you what, I'll bet you didn't have to worry about falling asleep on the way back to Sioux Falls <laughs> oh, area after our that adrenaline deal. Was, oh, coming out of our oh. ears. But anyway, Fran and I and Al and Mary Beekler, we, that's one of the memories only the four of us know about. But anyway, oh. anything else comes back, Beards, that uh, you want to share with us? Well, <laughs> so it's beyond high school. But, you know, when um, when when Mary and I first got married, we lived in that little town outside of Minneapolis, Excelsior. Mm-hmm. We lived in a little one one room apartment and and uh, it's a small town and there's a lot of countryside around it. And. And I remember one morning, I had a favorite run I love to do. So I get up one morning, it's, um, you know, it's late fall. And so I'm running down, I'm running down this little country road and it's dark, but it's just starting to get a little bit light. And I go by this little farm and out from this gosh dang farmstead with a white gate and picket, honest to gosh, white picket fence. (laughs) fence, This little wiener dog starts coming after me. 
and he's chasing me and he's yapping at me and he's biting at my heels and and I'm running up this little hill, a, a slight grade up this hill and I'm kind of you know trying to kick him a little bit just to get him to <laughs> stay off of me well as I'm going up this hill he's still right on my tail just yipping and nipping at my my heels and I could see headlights I couldn't see the car but I could see the headlights starting to shine over the top of the hill so I kind of moved over to the right and that car came over the hill and that that little wiener dog had backed off a little bit and all of a sudden I hear the car gets by me and I hear thump and I look back and done this little wiener dog he looks like a gosh dang pancake. Oh, he got hit he's by flat, the car. He's oh. flat in the, yeah, in the Is middle this of the road. supposed to be a fun story? Well, it, well it's got a good ending. And and I love, you know, you know me, I love dogs. A, okay. But I, I look back and I felt so bad. I couldn't even go back. I just kept on running. Well, yeah, there's and nothing I, you could do for the for no, dog. No, and, and so I get home and I just, I just felt terrible and I... I felt kind of guilty about not going back and at least scraping him off the road, you know, and taking him back to his owner. To the owner, yeah. Done. I did not run down that road the whole winter. So finally (laughs) the next spring, it had been five, six months, you know, since that little wiener dog got hit. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to run back down that road. That little wiener dog's in wiener dog heaven now. And so, so... I I go for my morning run. It's about the same time of day. And I go by this little white farms, you know, little farmstead with the white picket fence. And I kind of remember about the little wiener dog. Well, I get about 50 yards past the gate. And all of a sudden, I feel this intense pain in my right calf. And I looked out <laughs> and there's this gosh dang little wiener dog. He's got his <laughs> teeth buried into my calf and i'm 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 stopped now and i'm shaking him i'm kicking my leg trying to get him off and he won't let go and this lady comes out and goes wiener dog wiener dog come back come back and i go ma'am i go didn't that little wiener dog get hit by a car about six months ago she goes yeah he did but we went out and got him off the road took him to the vet he survived. He just can't bark anymore. And I'm thinking, little wiener dog, you keep biting me as long as you want. Payback. I know, that's a oh, true story? It's a true story. Oh, my gosh. Honest so the dog goodness. wasn't dead. They found him later, took him to the yes. vet, healed him up, but he lost his ability to bark. <laughs> Lost his abilities in the park. He snuck up on you, bitch. Oh, he was like a sniper. He snuck up on me and just buried his teeth into my right calf. Oh, done. I'm telling you, even to this day, that was, oh my gosh, 40 some years ago. Sometimes, for some reason, that. I'll think about that, and I'll just start chuckling, honest That's to gosh. the only time you're happy to get bit by a dog. Exactly. Because <laughs> he didn't kill him. Okay. Oh, that is good awesome. payback. You know, wintertime running, you know, I can remember it's in college. We were home over the holidays, probably Christmas break. And sure. I was out running with the Lincoln High School guys, uh, Al Stratmeyer, Todd Stratmeyer, Kevin was Kevin uh, Sheldon. Todd's older brother was a, ro- a future roommate of mine in college. And we were out running in Sioux Falls in the, in the morning. And it was a weekday morning. And there was like, and you know the weather in the Midwest. Right. There was like an ice storm blizzard. And sure. everybody still, nobody, in South Dakota, you get up and you go to work. 
Right. I mean, it's got to be Minnesota like, too. Oh yeah, it's got to be. The roads have to be impassable. Right. To get out of like call in and go, hey, we can't make it. The roads exactly. are blocked up. Well, you know, it's got to get really bad. Well, there there are cars in Sioux Falls trying to go up hills, and the road <laughs> is like snow packed and ice underneath it. And we're out there running, which is kind of ridiculous because you know it was dangerous to run because you're sure and sliding, but we didn't care. What else were you going to do? You had to get, get your, your workout in. in. And I just remembered as we were coming through this, like it was down around 26th and, um, and uh, I think it was uh, Sycamore or it's down by the Big Sioux River. Well, cars were trying to get up this hill and couldn't make it. Well, we're running. So, you know, what we would do as part of our run, we just jump and you'd get behind them and start pushing them there on their Oh trunk. my gosh. And then and you'd give them, you know, it didn't take much of a push to help a car get going. Sure. And these people were like, oh. They were like whirling on the windows and waving and thank you, thank you. I you bet. Know? And we were going from car to car to car to car, pushing. What a workout. People, oh, I was, I mean, my, we were puffing. It was a heck of a workout, <laughs> but it was kind of, you know, now that I think back of it, how funny, uh, how appreciative these people were. Because oh, they were like sure. bullets, like, oh my gosh, I can't get up this hill and there's traffic behind me. And all at once, here comes some runners with their, you know, pushing them just enough to get their momentum, get their traction and get themselves going. Yeah. I remember also about the same time I went down to Karen's folks in Iowa. This was in the mid seventies and, you know, running was still kind of a, unless you were an athlete, nobody was right. really doing it that much. And, and I was running, it was a brutally cold day. And I remember I had a, a Bill Rogers. This It must've been after, um, maybe after I was married. Yeah. Cause I had a Bill Rogers Gore-Tex running suit on. And those sure. were awesome. They were kind of heavy. That wasn't the lightweight Gore-Tex. This was like no, not like line. it is today. Yeah, not like it is today. But it was still the lightest weight, pretty nice looking. You know, it was a bright blue. And I'm running down this road, country road in near Spencer, Iowa, out in the country. And you know, there were a lot of snowmobilers around at that time. Right. And, and Karen's folks were avid snowmobilers, and so. Well, I'm running down the side of the road, you know, facing traffic and a car's coming up behind me, which is fine. They're on the other side. And as the guy gets up beside me, he slows down, which always kind of makes you nervous because right. cars just blow right by you. You're only going maybe, you know, if I'm running six minute miles, I'm 10 miles an hour. Well, this yeah. car is matching my speed. And the guy rolls down his window and he goes, hey, buddy, do you need a lift? And I'm thinking, uh, well, done. And, he, and he's uh, thinking, this is some poor guy in a snowmobile because it, it yes. kind of looks like a snowmobile suit. And he's probably thinking the poor I almost said a bad word. Broke Whoa. down out here. He's going to freeze his gizzard. He's running I for his life. I had that happen to me many times. And I go, no, no. I said, I'm fine. I'm good. And the guy just stared at me like, like what? You know, it's like, you're, <laughs> I like, know. And it's like, he, he's like, well, maybe I'm out of my head <laughs> or something like that. I go, right. no, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. He goes, are you sure? And I go, yeah, no, I'm fine. And he, okay, then. And he I know. rolls up his window and he takes off. You know, and as I was leaving, I'm kind of chuckling to myself, thinking this guy thinks, you know, I'm having, I had a car wreck, I my snowmobile right. busted down somewhere, and I'm trying to run for my life. And I, I just kind of thought it's kind of cool because they've never seen a runner out well, here in the dead winter. You know, that happened to me many times back then because back then there weren't the runners around like there are today. No. And uh, so I remember back home in Minnesota and, and out in bone still, if I was out at Mary's mom and dad's, you know, for visiting or something. And I'd be out running on a country road. And I remember the first few years I'd have people, you know, 
they'd come by me on these country roads and say, "Oh, do you, do you need a lift?" Need a lift. Do you, do you, yeah, right back because they never seen no. well, they'd never seen a runner at that time of the no. year out in the middle of, and probably no one where you the distances you're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, it's right? Like, not like near a school or something like that. No, oh, I tell you, winter running is brutal, and I think I, I'm not going to go into the story where I showed up for a road race in the winter and wore track spikes because I on, remember that. I mean, that was a great. I love that story because I showed up at a road race that was four miles of gravel, one mile of paved road, but it snowed. You had, had a long story. We already told it. I wore track spikes. Now, I hate to bring it up, Beards, but in all transparency, I think as male runners running in the wintertime, it's only fair that we um, bring up that there is a there is a one thing about running in the winter that's pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't think, you know, we're all, hopefully it's mostly all adults listening to this podcast, but you know, there's an appendage of the male anatomy oh, that when you're done. running blood, <laughs> blood gets shunted to the necessary areas, which is like your muscles and your legs, your quads, you know, your calves, your, your lungs, your heart, you know, those things are working at hundred percent efficiency. Well, certain parts of your body really don't need much blood supply. If you're getting the hint to where I'm heading with this story. Done. Oh, I know. And I've heard you. I'm going to tell you mine first. My okay. story, my worst experience ever was, I think it was my freshman year of college and it was cross country. And and if you remember right, Beards, and you do, we always did sure. 20 milers every Sunday. Right. Well, this was towards the end of the season. And I think it was probably our last 20 of the season. And this is like probably mid beginning of October, you know, because the, the conference meet was usually that first weekend of October and the nationals would be a couple of weeks later. Well, we were all going to go get up in the morning, go do our last 20 miler in Brookings. And it had been pretty awesome fall weather up until then, you know, highs in the fifties and sixties during yeah. the day, maybe drop down into the 30, forties at night, you know, but by the time you'd get up in the morning and it'd be like up in the round 50 degrees or whatever. So I got up that morning, looked out, it was a bright sunny, the sun was just coming up. Cause I think we ran at about 7. AM and we'd meet with a bunch of guys. We'd all get together for this run. And I thought, well, it looks pretty good. It's a little cool out. And I put on a cotton turtleneck. I had a turtleneck <laughs> and it had long sleeves. And then I just had my nylon running shorts, yeah. my regular running socks and shoes. And I thought, well, this way, if it's a little cool, that, that, that turtleneck's going to feel really good up around my neck and my the long right. sleeves. Well, unbeknownst to me, a front <laughs> had come through and it was a clear night. So no cloud cover. It was like 12 degrees outside. Oh, I didn't know it. Man. Well, now you have to remember, we didn't have cell phones that had apps that could, you could no. look at the weather instantly and see no. what the temperature, wind direction, wind speed. You Now I do that before that. ride. I know what the weather's, I dress right. just for the weather and which way I'm going to go. Well, we had none of that. So we took out of the dorm room and yeah, it felt pretty cool at first. But you go, well, we just, after a mile or two, we'll get warmed up. And you did. But I remember my, my fingers are freezing. Cause it was like, and maybe it was 15 degrees by now. So I pulled that turtleneck down over my hands and I gripped it. So, you know, it looked like I had no hands, I right? Had this turtleneck coming down to my hands to keep my hands warm. And, and I remember that everybody else had, they had kind of, they were smarter than me, had warmups on, had warm up pants, had gloves, stock and hat. And I was thinking, man, I, and so we were running and I was, you know, I was warm on most of me. But there was one part of me, besides, well, my hands were okay once I balled them up and had that turtleneck over me. But man, I tell you, I'm trying to think of the right term to use here. But after about 10 miles, I knew I was in a lot of trouble here because things were things are not feeling very well. No. And, I, and we did a 10 mile, and I talked to guys. I said, look, I'm freezing. Can we do a 10 mile loop back by the dorm? 
I'm going to get some more warmups. I'm freezing out here. And they said, oh, yeah, okay, fine. It was Mike and Mark Bills, Randy Fisher, yeah. it was all the guys, you know, Pat Tobin. So we did a 10-mile loop. And we stopped and, and they all stopped in the dorm in, in the lobby. And I said, I'll be right back. And we we're up on fourth floor Brown, if you remember Craig. So I headed sure. up this beards. I got up there and <laughs> and I was in a world of hurt. And I, I just got, I don't know if um, the only way I could describe it for a male is if somebody took a razor blade and <laughs> took your most important appendage that you can think of. And hey, I mean, it, it, I went into the bathroom and I had to urinate. And when I started doing that, it felt like the goddamn thing was oh. like I'm gonna fall. It was it hurt so goddamn bad. I, I couldn't. Bet. Oh, it was excruciating. And I'm just I was sitting on the stool just because I had to sit down. <laughs> I was like, I was like in <laughs> tears. And I thought, man, I was hurting it so bad. And it wouldn't oh, go my. away the pain because it was warming up. And as it right. warms up, that's I guess, the worst. Oh my gosh, blood flow when the starts, blood starts coming oh. back in there. <laughs> and it's I'm just thinking if I get out of this alive, I'll be happy. And, and I remember it took forever. I got warm ups on, I got some sweats. I think I stuck a bunch of socks down my shorts to try to get <laughs> more, more warmth or insulation. And parents, we finally, I, I finally, and those guys are like wondering what in the hell's Mike, you know, we're right. They're down in the lobby, you know, they're all sweaty waiting for me to show up. And I finally come back downstairs and we take off. And I'm still hurting, but we get another. And it, as I keep doing that second 10 mile loop, things started to warm up and kind of get back to normal. Beards, <laughs> that I've never hurt that bad in that area of my body ever. And I learned a valuable lesson after that. Well, never Mikey, with, it, okay. it, listen, it didn't seem to uh, affect you at all. You had three kids after that. <laughs> I'm amazed that things still works. Beards, have you ever had anything like that happen oh, to you? Okay. So it was Halloween weekend of 1980 i believe and they had a 20 kilometer race that started in downtown minneapolis and finished at the state capitol in saint paul this is so, a race too if i remember oh correctly. yeah it was a big race yeah. and uh so back then you know it was a cold and it was sleeting and snowing it was cold real windy well back then we didn't have tights and all that kind of stuff and i didn't no. want to wear sweatpants so i i grabbed a pair of my mom's nylon stockings okay. and and I put those on kind of to cover my legs and stuff and then I had a yeah. pair of running shorts on top of it. I think I remember Frank Shorter I think had came up with that theory. Yeah. Because he I, wore I some nylon. Got it, some, got it yeah. from him. And yeah. it you know it really didn't give me much protection but it seems anyhow. Kinky. <laughs> yeah no kidding. I'm, oh I can't even imagine doing that today. But so anyhow the race starts and I'm out in the front with, and there's a, uh, there's a few of us in that lead group, but I'm, I'm in the lead and uh, everybody's right behind now, me. So I'm bucking in the wind. What's the temperature? It's like, I don't know, 20 degrees. It's Ooh. snowing Ooh. and it's and windy. It, the wind's blowing about 25 miles an hour into our face. And I, I'm freezing. My upper body was pretty good. My legs, <laughs> but the important part, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> it started hurting big time so we we come down the big hill it's kind of like the finish line at the twin cities marathon yeah, down, you come yeah. down that big hill and finish at the capitol and i just <laughs> out leaned remember lindsey brown Lindsay brown from Mankato. yeah lindsey was runner. a yeah. good runner from stillwater minnesota and i i just barely beat him so the, they had the capitol open 
and all the media is there. So I, I walk in there and I am hurting. I'm not hurting because I just ran fast time. I am hurting because You're my the big yeah. fella is hurting even more. <laughs> so I get in there and there's this lady reporter from the St. Paul <laughs> Pioneer Press. She starts interviewing me. And I've got my right hand down my down my pants, trying to warm the gosh dang thing up. Done. I got frostbite. I haven't been the same since. Honest to God. And now I'm telling you, it do, it gets below seventy degrees, and it's it, it turns into a turtle head. Let me tell you. Did this come up in your interview at all with this lady? Did she say? She, she must did. have thought you. She, well, she looked at me like, why is that guy got his hands down his pants? <laughs> and I got a pervert I, or something. Like if that. I if I remember right, I, I remember telling her something like, yeah, things got real cold down <laughs> down here, and it feels like it's gonna break off. <laughs> Oh man, Dad! Uh, I, okay. I can feel your pain, this, bud. This might be our last podcast. <laughs> no, we might be fine. We might the, the, the FF, the, yeah, the federal of whatever it is. Oh, the, well, beards. I know that, and I and I remember you telling me that you were gracious because you were running for New Balance at the time, and, right? And you said to Lindsay, and it was like a free trip to another race, the first yes, prize, and you gave it to him. If I, I remember did, right. you did. You yep. And I know you've done that before, where. You know, because you told guys, look, if I want to go to that race, I can go to that race. I don't need right. to win a free trip. But and so you, the re- race directors, like it's your your prize. What do you want to do? Yeah. With it? And, you gave, and you gave it to Lindsey Brown, and I think he was probably he probably worked. At, I wonder if he was as frozen as well. Anyway, we won't. Someday, <laughs> I, if you ever never run into that guy, you might have to ask him how how he feel oh, after that race. Well, I was the only Seriously. one that was wearing nylons that day, so I learned a good uh, lesson. That's. That's for darn sure. Let's change. Let's talk. Let's not go to the winter anymore. But, you know, there's one story before we run out of time that I know you and I have talked about it many times because we learned a valuable lesson. You know, you and I had gone down to Kansas City in 1978 after our cross country season and ran really well. You won the race. I got third. Right. Um, you know, you want a trip to Florida. You know, we yes. came to home for that with just our head. It was the Schlitz Height Championship. Yep. Yep. 25K at. And we, yeah. we went down there and I, I, and in all honesty, we, we kicked butt. I mean, we ran we really did. well. Fred, Fred Carnahan, and, and I know uh, Fred was a great, great runner. Fred and you dueled uh, the right. whole way and you got away from him. And I know he was right on your, I think he might have beat him by less than 30 seconds. If I remember right. And I was, yeah. He was, was right kind, on my tail. He was right there. And I was kind of in no man's land in third all by myself, which was kind of nice. I didn't have to, I ran hard, but you know, so we right. finished that race and, you know, we were on a cloud nine, and oh my and we gosh. were really we were really happy with ourselves with our performance. Remember that trophy I got? It was like oh, five yeah, feet huge. tall. Well, a year later, I'm oh now I have no cross country eligibility. You're out of school, but you're training and and training right. well. And um, we decided uh, the Schlitz Light people they were going to have the race again in Kansas City, and they invited and us back. They invited us, and you you know you were the defending champion, and I had I'd finished third, and and so we were like. We, they said, hey, if you guys come back, it's free entry. And they gave us a motel room. I remember we roomed together. Yes. And so you said, Mike, yeah, we'll, and, and with it, you picked me up in that darn little Honda Civic you had, that little. Yes, freaking, that little but, white car that was about the thing. size of a matchbox. Oh, it was barely big enough for two guys to fit into it. And it had right. three on the floor. I remember you shifted yes. that manual transmission. But we, we said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll come down there. And so you picked me up in Sioux Falls or Brookings, wherever we were yep. at at that time. And we bombed down the interstate, heading to Kansas City. 
And, you know, all the way down there, we're thinking, man, you know, I'm really looking forward to this race because, you know, last year we just kicked butt here. And and right. and, and so uh, they invited us back and all that. And so uh, and they changed the distance to 10 miles from 25K. I don't know if they kind of decided they'd get more people running. Sure. Probably if they shorten the distance up a little bit. It was such bit. a hilly course. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you my version and you can tell yes. me your version. But we walked in to this hotel, which was the race headquarters, and we had a free room there in our, but I just remembered as we got there and, and we laugh about it, but you know, we both had our sunglasses on. We both yep. had our duffel bag slung over our shoulders. Yep. And basically as we walked into the lobby, we might as well have just say, Hey, everybody, we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> exactly. and, and I know you've all been waiting to see us and we're back, you know, and, and we were kind of feeling right. pretty full of ourselves that we were kind of like, ah, the pre-race favorites and the, you know, the yep. defending champion in third place from last year back and we're invited. And so we're here to, to kick some butt. And, and I remember Bob Wallace, uh, yeah. was there and Bob and you had dueled, uh, you know, uh, statehood and, uh, days, statehood days. And, and that race was a few years later, but Bob Wallace was there and he was an outstanding runner. Well, but we were kind of like, yeah, we're, we're ready for this. And so we got our race numbers, we got checked in you know, I don't remember much about the pre-race other than we got to the starting line. We drove out to this park. I think it was Shawnee Park or whatever. Yep. And uh, did our warm-up. You went, you know, because we were both into our race mode by then. And you went and did your warm-up. I went and did mine. All I can tell you, my version of the race is once the gun went off, I, I don't, I think I might have went out a little too hard thinking that, you know, <laughs> I have kind of a responsibility as the third place finisher of a year sure. ago to to at least finish no worse than third this year, you know? And so I'm going to go out with the lead group. And, and if I remembered right the year before I, I started conservatively and kind of pick guys off during the race. Well, this year it's like, ah, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm going to go out with the leaders and just put the <laughs> hammer on them and beards. I don't know if it was the first, second or third mile, but all at once, everything after that's a blur. I don't remember anything other than I never hurt so bad in my life. I was sucking wind. I'm not even sure I finished. I think if I did, I think it was like 23rd place or something horrendously bad. And I, I was so humiliated. I remember as soon as I got done, I went straight to your car, tried yes. to make, didn't make eye contact, didn't go to any award <laughs> ceremony or nothing. No. And I hid kind of basically behind your car or in your car. And then I was waiting for you. I don't remember how your race went. Oh. Done. Go ahead. Okay. So that's, and I think you and I can both agree on this. That's the one and only time I've ever gone into a race. We went into that hotel with our sunglasses on, with our bags strapped over our shoulders, thinking like we were the top. big boys are here, and we were cocky. And it's, we were you hot. know what? Yeah. It, it was the one and only time I think that you or I ever got like that. And it was a good lesson. Oh. And the next day... I mean, you ran like, if I remember I right, like I think you dropped out. I think I did. I ran like. I don't think I finished. No. I think we came and by I, the I, start finish line. I bailed. <laughs> I, I finished, but way back. And I remember I come across the finish line and I went, I met you at the car. I don't think we showered. We just jumped <laughs> in and started <laughs> yeah, driving yeah. north. We, we, were, we were, had our we tails were, between our legs. We were ashamed. You know, we ran like, yeah, you're correct. You know, we went down there with this arrogance about us. And yes. if anybody's listening to this, don't listen. I, you know, the, there's this thing that you can call it. I believe in God. And I think he said, I'm going to teach these boys a lesson. Yes, absolutely. You, know, you, you should be thankful for what your abilities are and, and take full advantage of them. But don't think, 
you're, you're, you're as hot as you think you are because there's always going to be somebody better. And you want to just say, look, I want to run a race as good as I can. And up to my ability, I tried to run above my ability that day thinking in that I had this like ability to do that just cause I want, just cause I thought I should. And man, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I've never really liked that story because it was such a tough lesson to learn about right. being um, humble. Um, it doesn't mean you can't be proud of your efforts or exactly. of your abilities and of the work you've put in, but then it does, there's a slippery slope or there's a line you don't want to cross. And, and no. I've seen a lot and of we crossed do it. it. We crossed it into arrogance and, and beers. I think that's one of the things I'll, I've always appreciated about you ever since I've known you, you know, you could win a race and, and you just the same guy you were after you won the race as you were before you could run a two Oh eight marathon and still be everybody's good buddy and friend. It didn't change your outlook on life uh, as far as how you related to other people where I have seen, you know, and I think we all have seen examples sure. of people that have done well in life who came from maybe humble beginnings and worked hard, but then when they got success, uh, in all honest words, it went to their head. Um, right. It changed right. how they treated people, and it changed the way they looked at other people, and not always for the better. And no. I, I, and so that was an experience that I hope I never have forgot. I've never forgot it. And, well, and, and you I, and I, and, we bring no. it up every once and, in a while just to kind of hold each other, I think, accountable. Exactly. And done. You know, that was a great lesson for both of us. And you know. Back, you know, after those years after that, when I started to kind of, you know, you know, like run 208 and stuff like that, you know, there was a lot of people that tried to put me up on a pedestal and I would never let that happen because maybe I could put one foot in front of the other faster than most people back then. But, you know, you or somebody next door to me can do something a lot better than I can do. We all have been gifted by God and yeah. some of our talents are better than others, but their their talents are better than ours and other things. And um, we're just, I tell yeah. you, that was a good lesson that day, and I'm glad it happened. I love this. I think we'll wrap up with that. You know, with Thanksgiving, yeah. I think we all need to look back. And and I am so thankful to uh, have had the experiences that I had, to have the opportunities, you know, the coaching, uh, going to running camps, you know, running with teammates, having a coach that was inspiring in high school, getting to go to South Dakota State meeting you, you know, man, when you look back at all the opportunities, the things could have gone different directions and, and maybe for, I, you don't know for the better, but definitely could have gone towards the worst. Um, oh. you know, the fact that you and I both had fairly short football careers is probably a good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and anyway, and I look, be, yeah. Well, I look back on that too. And I'm so thankful for, you know, everything, the coaches yeah. I had, the, the, the teammates uh, I had, but but most of all, I'm so thankful for you and Karen. Oh, yeah. You know, you guys, I oh, I, I tell you, and, and I'm not just saying this because Mike is right there. <laughs> yeah. We're talking to each other. But, you know, not a lot of people find a true friend in life. And, oh, and, and, and Mike and his wife, Karen, they have, I tell you what, I, I would trust my life with them. They are the best friends a person could have. If I ever was in trouble or needed anything or was down and out, they were, they've were they always, always been there. And that I'll be forever thankful and forever grateful. Oh, right back at you, bud. All right. Well, with that. Um... Well, yeah. And Don, hey, this was so much fun today. And we want to thank everybody for listening. And if you have any questions for us or the comments about the show, you can 
contact us directly on our website at beardsanddonepod.com or leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or X, all at Beards and Done Pod. And, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, be sure to hit that like, comment. We'd love to have you subscribe. I think we're almost up to 50 subscribers now. And so hey, get us over the hump there. And, that's and, better and, than none. And, you know, <laughs> and if you want any merchandise, you know, I was at South Dakota State about a month ago, and I handed out a whole bunch of On the Run with Beards and Done awesome. stickers. Yeah, and so if you ever want any fun stuff, don't hesitate to go to our website. Beards, have a great day, bud. Hey, you too, buddy. Always good talking to you. Bye-bye. I look forward to next time. Bye-bye. All right.